Welcome to The Garden is Growing, Episode 6, The June Update. My name is Joshua Meekin. Join me as I garden organically, constantly expand and improve my garden, and learn techniques to help my plants thrive. It's been quite the stretch since my last episode. I have been very busy with the garden. Uh, Whenever I have free time, I've been focusing more on updating and connecting with so many fun people on Instagram that the podcast has taken a backseat. But I am very excited to be doing this new episode, and I do plan on continuing it. I won't promise on being weekly, uh, just with everything going on. Uh, I've got a family, I've got a job, and then I've got the garden. But I love doing this. I love uh, hearing about people listening. So here we go. Um, In episode five, I had just started lots of seeds, including cucumber, zucchini, cantaloupe, and a whole bunch of flower seeds. I talked about working on the front flower garden, adding a border out of uh, landscaping timber, and putting up uh, the fence around my main vegetable garden. Those are the main topics. Now, I have the timber for the front garden, and it's in place. However, it's not fully installed. So it looks better than it did because it is framing the, the flower garden, but I haven't actually attached to the ground or to each other. So that's very much still a project in the works. Uh, However, I did plant a whole bunch of flowers in that front garden. Uh, We've got zinnias, we've got bachelor buttons, we've got uh, the coleus, uh, along with the azaleas uh, that were a beautiful bloom uh, a couple weeks ago. Now, still green plants, but the blooms are gone. I also finished, um, now it's been probably two months, two and a half months since uh, I talked about it, but I finished the fence around the garden. So that has been in place by the time I was ready to bring all of the plants outside, all of the young seedlings, so that way they had some extra protection uh, from the wildlife around the house. Those projects are, one, still in the work. The second one, fences up. If you're not currently following The Garden Is Growing on Instagram, I definitely invite you to. I've had so much fun um, posting daily over there, uh, different projects I'm working on, status of different plants, Uh, what I'm currently growing and eating, and photos of the daily harvest that we're already getting. Uh, Currently, we're getting uh, snap peas, lettuce, kale, and uh, strawberries. Uh, So that's been so much fun, and I'm going to be continuing posting on that daily. I have been very consistent on that. So if you don't see a podcast for um, a couple weeks, definitely check out the Instagram. I'll be posting there regularly and getting the podcast out when I have time. The main topic. All right, so since it's been a while, the main topic this week is just what I've been up to. Um, The name of the podcast episode, June Garden Update, that's exactly what I'm going to be talking about. Pretty much everything I've been up to, um, just as an overview between my last episode and now, um, I've done so much. So when I'll just kind of pick up where I left off with finishing adding the fence to the garden. I then uh, went ahead and carted over tons of mulch. Um, I got the the mulch from the neighbors that had their trees removed. They just dumped it on our line, uh, the property line. So we've been (laughs) moving that over. Uh, There's still about half of it left because it was almost 20 cubic yards. And I've been adding a lot of that to the garden, a lot of that to 
under a beech tree on the opposite side of the house. Um, so it's looking really good and it's making the space uh, even more usable than it was before. So the garden, all of the walk walkways, the walking paths are mulched with this arborist mulch, just directly shredded trees. I don't use it around the plants. Um, I use a finer shredded leaf mulch. Um, I just find that it's uh, more gentle against the plants. I still try not to put it directly against the plants, but it has a great mulch effect and it uh, breaks down a lot sooner. So after just about a year, it'll start turning into soil that will be usable um, to help the ecosystem of the dirt. Whereas the arborist mulch takes a lot longer for the, those wood chips to break down. All right, so then I also added um, large T-posts. I got the eight-foot T-posts uh, for the Florida Weave. Uh, that's how I am trellising slash supporting my tomato plants this year. First year trying it, and so far I'm really liking it. Um, it is a basically the idea, if you haven't heard of the Florida Weave, is you have um, these posts. Some people will use wood posts. Some people will use the T-posts like I am. But you have these posts. You have a couple plants in between the posts. And you make a line, um, post, couple plants, post, couple plants, post. And as the plants grow, you tie the twine uh, to the T-post and you weave it in between the plants and then you tie it to the other T-post. And doing this, it has a nice taut uh, line and having it weave around the plants a couple times offers it support as it grows up. Uh, now doing it this way, I am um, pruning off the suckers to allow it to be more of a single vine going up instead of a super bushy plant like I would do if I was just using a very large um, tomato cage. I've had very mixed results with the tomato cages. All of my indeterminate tomato plants uh, in years past have outgrown the cages, um, either breaking them, knocking them over, or just vining out, and um, it just hasn't been that great. So I'm trying to avoid the tomato cages. I use them for my peppers. Uh, they're great for the pepper plants. Um, if you have a determinate variety of tomato plant, that'll be perfectly fine. Um, I actually, I didn't realize until recent, uh, well, a couple weeks ago, that my 42-day cherry tomatoes was a determinant type. Basically, that means all of the fruit will set at the same time. It won't get very large and vine up like an indeterminate tomato plant. Now, I have these 42-day tomatoes on the Florida Weave, and it looks kind of sad because they're very small compared to my other tomato plants, and they're not going to be getting much bigger. They're doing great. They have lots of cherry tomatoes on them. However, uh, going forward, I will plan on just doing indeterminate tomato plants so that way they can grow up, end up getting a lot more out of them through a season. These smaller tomato plants, though, are great if you are doing a garden on a balcony or if you just have um, some limited space or if you have it in a tomato cage or if your growing season is shorter. If you're more northern than I am here in central Virginia, we have a, a decent sized growing season, zone 7A. But if you're in a colder climate, it very well may be worth doing something like this because you do get the fruit sooner than you would otherwise. All right, so moving on from the Florida Weave, I've built a bunch more trellises for other plants. Um, the trellises I'm using for uh, cucumbers, snap peas, and cantaloupe. I've gone a little crazy this year with the cucumbers. It's one of the items that we enjoyed the most out of the garden in the past couple of years. Uh, cucumbers, we slice them for water. Uh, we 
um, pickle them, we eat them fresh, we cut them up for salads. There's so much we've been doing with cucumbers. I was counting them last year and we got over 90 cucumbers. Um, and this year I'm doing about three times the amount of plants um, in three different locations, three different ages. So I started them, uh, the ones indoors are starting to fruit right now. The ones that I planted, um, the second planting I did, uh, there are a couple, they're probably about maybe six inches, eight inches off the ground. And I have some that are showing just their first set of leaves that are about an inch out of the dirt. So I'm just excited for the massive amount of cucumbers we're expecting this year. Uh, we'll do more preserving. Uh, we'll, the pickles that we made last year, we just ate them as we made them. And with four mouths, we had, um, we were able to keep up with the amount of cucumbers we were getting. And I gave some away, which I definitely plan on doing again this year. But the trellises for those, uh, I've got one, two, three, four, five trellises currently. Um, and I need to make one more for cucumbers uh, that haven't needed it yet. I have plenty of PVC pipe right now, so I'm gonna make the frame out of PVC pipe and then attach the old metal fencing that I have. Uh, I'm almost out of it, but I should have enough for at least one more trellis, about three, three and a half feet wide, probably six feet tall, uh, and I'll be getting that in the ground. I probably have another week or two before I'll need it. So that's one of the projects I have lined up. All right, now obviously I've planted, well, maybe not obviously for people that are in a more northern climate, but I've planted everything outside. Uh, it's June 5th as I'm recording this, and it has been plenty warm enough now for a while. I planted everything out the end of March, beginning of April. Didn't have any frost warnings like we did last year. Uh, last year, I think it was the second week of April, we had uh, 30 degree weather and had to put bed sheets over everything. This year, thankfully, we didn't have that cold of weather that late in the season. Now, of course, I've started way more indoors than I needed to plant well, that I had room to plant. So I was able to find people I could give them away to, a couple coworkers and uh, some friends and my father. And it, it's great. I, I really enjoy being able to give away plants, knowing that somebody's going to uh, benefit from them. Uh, a dream I have is, one day is to be able to grow enough seedlings to be able to, to sell them, have a small business on the side, and then also be able to have like a, a street stand at the end of our driveway to to sell some produce. Um, that Those are definitely dreams I have. I don't think our current place, we have enough room to do a seedling business, but I don't know. We might have enough room to uh, give away slash sell some produce at the end of our driveway. We'll have to, to see how the years go. All right, now let me talk about onions and cantaloupe. These are two plants I haven't grown before this year, and I've had mixed um, mixed results. So for the onions, I started them indoors. I was trying to learn as I go, just basically not giving them too much light, I read, could trick them into thinking it was a different part of the season. So I had some issues giving them enough light, giving them too much light, um, and I wasn't actually expecting them to survive. I, When it came time to plant, they seemed very weak. Uh, they weren't very large, like I saw photos of other people planting out onion seedlings. And I ended up not planting much. I only put out probably a dozen onions, out of a couple dozen that I had started started from seed. However, they actually seem to be doing really well. Um, they're probably about a foot tall now. I, I don't know how far along they should be. 
but they definitely have continued growing. So they're in the ground, I'm watering them when, when it's too dry, and I'm just kind of waiting to see what happens with the onions. But I wish I planted more out. However, I really didn't have that much extra room. I'm always finding things to put in any extra bags or uh, spaces in the raised beds that I have. But the onions are uh, are doing well, so I'm hoping that we'll be able to, to try them this year, and I'll uh, try to have a better system in place for next year. And the cantaloupe, similar. Um, it wasn't growing great for the seedlings. They weren't growing as well as the rest of the plants that I had in, indoors. Um, I had, I think, four plants, and I only planted one because I didn't think it was going to survive. I planted one, and then I just started some more seeds directly in the same uh, grow bag. It's probably a 10 or 15 gallon grow bag. It's, it's one of the larger ones I have. And I planted those out, and unfortunately, the seeds never popped up. So they never started growing. On the bright side, the one plant that I didn't think was going to survive, it's doing great. It's about two feet tall, a bunch of flowers. It's I'm training it up a trellis, and I'll support any cantaloupe that start growing on it. I haven't seen any yet, uh, but the plant itself is looking pretty healthy and it's it's still growing. So kind of lesson learned from both of those is even if you don't think something's going to survive that you've started from seed, if you have space, plant it. There's a good chance that it'll be just fine. And that's what I've learned from the onions and cantaloupe this season. All right, in one of my raised beds, I've got uh, the buttercrunch lettuce, the kale, and the green beans and all next to each other. And they're all doing well. The buttercrunch lettuce, where we've been harvesting that for the past uh, two weeks now. Uh, just getting a few cuttings each morning, enough for the day. I, since it's still young, it also doesn't last that long in the fridge, I'm finding. I still have to perfect a better way of storing lettuce. But from what I've tried, it'll stay super fresh for one day. So that's the great thing about having the garden. I can go out and take a few snippings and eat that for the day. And just this morning, I made a smoothie with the kale from the garden. Uh, we make smoothies regularly around here. Uh, at least once a week, I'll make a, a big smoothie. We'll, we'll have for a couple days. And this morning was the first time I added fresh kale from the garden. Um, it was great. It tastes normal <laughs> from the smoothies we're used to. Uh, I've got a recipe that I, I use regularly, um, and normally it has kale or spinach in it, and uh, it, it's great. I know there's going to be more nutrients in the stuff that I can't take directly from the garden. The fact that it's fresh, coming right out of the dirt, it was great. And we're, the green beans haven't started producing yet. It looks like they're just about at the point. I've had a problem, though, with pests eating the top of the green bean plants right when they start growing. Uh, that'll take me into the next thing I just wanted to talk about was bugs. When it comes to the green beans, there are a couple holes in the rows of green beans I have from ones that didn't come up. I tried planting more seeds uh, to make up for the green beans plants that were eaten, and I still should be able to get a decent harvest of green beans. Not enough to probably preserve, but more than enough to, to eat on a weekly basis for a little while. I'm not sure what was eating the tops of the green beans. Um, I know that I've had some slugs on the lettuce, and it's very possible that they started munching on the green beans. Uh, we have some birds in the area. We have some other pests. Um, but pretty much what I've done is use diatomaceous earth around the base of the plants. So if it is something that's crawling up them and eating it, um, they will be either not wanting to go through the diatomaceous earth, or it will make them not want to come back or not able to come back. 
Um, the only problem with diatomaceous earth is it can also hurt the beneficial bugs. So I'm using it sparingly around the base of the plants. I do put it on the leaves as well, but if the plants are flowering, I try to avoid using it. So that way any pollinators uh, that come won't be affected negatively by the diatomaceous earth. Putting it around the base of the plants can help uh, ant problems. I've had some ant problems in the garden on strawberries, on um, cucumbers, on zucchini. I know ants definitely have some benefits, oh, and on tomato plants. Ants definitely have some benefits. They can help aerate the soil. Uh, they, can, they can help with a lot of things. So ants in the garden is not a bad thing. Too many ants in the garden, however, can be a bad thing, and I just want to limit the population that's around. I know that they are helping the aphids on the tomato plants. Uh, ants can bring the young aphids onto the tomato plants. They also kind of protect them because they eat what the aphids mine off of the plants. Ants and aphids have a relationship together, so if you have a bad aphid problem, then it might help if you try to take care of the ants as well. So for my tomato plants, uh, I spray a organic uh, insecticidal soap on the leaves directly on the aphids it has to be on contact but that will take care of drying up the aphids dehydrating them and i put diatomaceous earth at the base of the tomato plants to help uh, limit the ant population that's protecting them and feeding off of them um, from bringing them onto the plants as well all right another garden not mishap because it's really out of my control but one interesting thing is my ghost peppers uh, I am doing three varieties of peppers this year. I've got the bell peppers, a giant bell pepper. I've got uh, serrano peppers. And <laughs> out of all of the ones I've started, I've only kept three of each of those. And I've, gave, I've given the rest away uh, just because I really didn't have that much space for all that I'm trying to grow. I want to continue to expand the garden, uh, add some more raised beds, try to amend some of the soil in places I can direct sow into the ground. Uh, raised beds and bags, though, are my go-to. And the ghost peppers, they're not doing so great. They all, from the start, they always seem smaller. They always seem they weren't growing as fast. Um, I fertilized them uh, like the rest. Of so I'm not quite sure what stunted their growth. I believe I did everything the same with them as I did with the others. And the others are already fruiting. We've got like a two-inch, um, we have a two-inch bell pepper at least two of those going, and serrano peppers that are starting to form. But the ghost pepper plants themselves, they're super small. Uh, they're in the ground, and they're still alive, and they're still growing. However, they're not more than a five inches, maybe six inches <laughs> off the ground. Um, so they're about a, maybe a, a quarter of the size of the other plants I have going. We'll see. I'm going to keep watering it when they need it. Try to avoid them getting too much water. I'll try to help with any bug problems if their leaves are starting to disappear. But at the same time, we'll see. I'm not expecting to get any ghost peppers. I was super excited for this, just be able to be able to say, "Hey, I'm growing ghost peppers," and I just wanted to try it. I wanted to give them away. Um, but I know that it's not too practical. <laughs> I'm not going to cook that much with ghost peppers. But at the same time, hey, it's fun. So we'll see. Um, I'll give updates on those. I haven't posted any photos of those on Instagram uh, just because, you know, they're small. But I'll probably do a story or something coming up just talking about it. Uh, but hey, I'm talking about it on the podcast. So you have to be on Instagram and the podcast to see everything all together. Resources.
the resource I have for this week is a book. I've started uh, listening to the audiobook of Mini Farming, Self-Sufficiency on a Quarter Acre. This book is cool. I'm only part of the way through it, but it's already putting so many ideas into my mind. It makes me want to set up that fruit vegetable stand at the end of the driveway and start giving away or selling vegetables. Uh, it makes me want to expand my garden by threefold. And uh, basically, it just talks about being uh, self-sufficient on a smaller amount of space. Now, a quarter of an acre is pretty large for a garden, uh, but it's talking about feeding a family of four or feeding a family of three on the space with having enough to sell or enough to give away, preserve. So it's putting a lot of fun ideas in my mind and uh, just a book I wanted to share. So mini farming, self-sufficiency on a quarter acre. I'll put a link to the book in the show notes. I'll also link to it in the link on my Instagram bio. Thank you so much for listening and uh, bearing with me as I've taken uh, quite a bit of a break from the podcast after just doing five episodes. I very much enjoy doing these garden update episodes and sharing what I'm currently working on with all of you. Um, Instagram, I've found to be a very cool place to do that. So that's why I've been okay taking a little bit of a break because I feel like I haven't since I do share on a daily basis on Instagram. And I found a great community of gardeners over there. So if you haven't followed me already, it's The Garden is Growing. I'll link to it in the show notes of the episode. And I look forward to seeing you over on Instagram. Uh, feel free to send me an email at joshua at thegardenisgrowing.com. Uh, any podcast suggestions, anything you want to hear about, learn about, questions for me, uh, send me a message over on Instagram or my email. And I look forward to talking to you all soon. Take care.